This teaching is from City Church Coventry. You can find us online at www.citychurchcoventry.org. Indeed, ask about the earlier days that preceded you, from the day God created man on the earth and from one end of the heavens to the other. Has anything like this This great great event event ever happened? happened? Or has anything like it been heard of? Has a people heard God's voice speaking from the fire as you have and lived? Or has a God attempted to go and take a nation as his own out of another nation by trials, signs, wonders and war, by a strong hand and an outstretched arm, by great terrors, as the Lord your God did for you in Egypt before your eyes? You were shown these things so that you would know that the Lord is God. There is no other besides him. Well, it's really, really good to be with you. And I really appreciate Matthew's invitation to speak this morning. And I have to say the worship and the Psalms shared in the chat and the, um, uh, the, the prayers just now, it couldn't be a better springboard for what I wanted to share with you today. So we heard from Deuteronomy 4, it's part of Moses' address to the generation that's grown up uh, in the wilderness and are about to cross into Canaan. And in that long address in, in the opening chapters of Deuteronomy, he's reminding them that they're a unique and favoured and blessed people under God. Um, the, all the verses were great, but I just particularly want to draw your attention to verse 34. If you have your Bibles open, Deuteronomy 4, verse 34, uh, from the Holman translation from which we heard, it says this, Or has a God attempted to go and take a nation as his own out of another nation by trials, signs and wonders and war, by a strong hand and an outstretched arm, by great terrors, as the Lord your God did for you in Egypt before your eyes. God delivered his people out of, uh, out of Egypt and he formed them as a nation by a strong hand and an outstretched arm or by a mighty hand, a strong and mighty hand and, a, and an outstretched arm. And uh, the, me- the message uh, version just puts it this way. It's a lovely rendering. It says, has a, has a God ever tried to select for himself a nation from within a nation using trials, miracles and war, putting his strong hand in and reaching his long arm out? A spectacle awesome and staggering the way God, your God, did it for you in Egypt while you stood right there and watched. I'd just like you to picture with me the, the, the idea of a strong hand and an outstretched arm, and in particular of a strong hand on the end of an outstretched arm. And that phrase, that, that, um, that phrase there, that, that God delivered them with a strong hand or with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, it's repeated several times in Deuteronomy. It's picked up in Psalm 136, verse 11, where again, they rejoice in the fact that he brought Israel out from among them with a strong hand and an outstretched arm. His love is eternal. And I believe these two things, um, strong hands and outstretched arms, are not only God's method, God's way of delivering his people, or as it said here, of of taking a nation out of a nation or 
or in our terms of creating his church, taking a nation out of a nation, creating his church out of the world, not only God's method of delivering and savoring and and creating his church, but also vital characteristics of the church at this time. And when you think about it, what a powerful combination they are. A strong hand and an outstretched arm, strength and compassion, steadiness and concern, ability and availability, dependability and extendability, if there's such a word. And, you know, if ever there's been a time for the church to display these characteristics or to be seen in his image, because these are his characteristics as well, then today is the day. It's a day for us to be strong in ourselves as a church towards one another and to stretch out with strength into the many worlds around us. I know that you've been um, taking some time recently to consider what it means to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. And and I'm sure um, many churches are considering words like this at this time. We must be strong and courageous. We must be strengthened. As, as the Psalms we heard um, uh, quoted earlier, um, blessed be those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. And I'd just like us to consider this morning those two aspects of a strong hand and an outstretched arm and say uh, say something about them. First of all, um, strong hands or being strong, which you've been considering as a church. Um, these are really vital themes in the New Testament. And it really matters that God's people are strong and are getting stronger and are strengthening one another. And I've been looking at lots of the verses which describe being strong and being strengthened. And, you know, there's a variety of words used to describe these things. And they're all slightly different. Uh, I think they all apply to us because I believe the Lord wants us to be strong in a number of ways. In other words, lots of different types of strength that are needed in this season and will be needed uh, in the times that are coming. And together, these different words, which you're just going to look at a few of them in a moment, together, together they give us a really intense and rich and, and composite and, and really vivid picture of what it means for us. And I really believe for you in these days, City Church Coventry, for you to be strong. One of the words is, um, I won't attempt to say them all necessarily, but this word is indunamu. It's related to the word dunamis, power. And, and this is a kind of a strength that empowers us. And it comes as an impartation from God. The word means to fill with power, to make strong, to enable, to empower and to impart ability. So listen to some of these verses where the word is used. Ephesians 6.10, Paul says, be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. Philippians 4 verse 13, very well-known verses. I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. It's this word, uh, endunamu, to be to be um, made strong and, and, and have ability imparted to us. In Romans 4.20, it says, Abraham did not waver in unbelief at God's promise, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. 1 Timothy 1 verse 12, Paul says, I give thanks to Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has strengthened me. 
one Tim, um, two Timothy two verse one. He writes to Timothy, says, you, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. Later on in two Timothy chapter four, verse 17, he says, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. This is all this this word um, and dunamu. God wants you to be strong with his strength and his mighty power that far exceeds our own strength and which requires us, therefore, to be dependent on him. It's a strength which, if I just pick up that last um, verse that Paul says, he says, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. It's a strength that comes to us as we stand close to him and we receive his impartation in our lives. It's an impartation of his own mighty strength and power. And I believe he wants to stand with you, stand alongside you and strengthen you. God wants to come alongside and put his strength in us. And I guess the key to receiving and and experiencing this kind of strength is to spend time in his presence, to position ourselves in a way alongside him, close to him, near to him, in which we can receive his strength. So there's a strength that empowers. And then secondly, there is a strength that prevails and enables us to come out on top whatever's pressing down on us. The word here is uh, krateu. It means to strengthen or confirm or to grow or become strong, to prevail by God's dominating strength, to attain mastery. And I love this bit, to attain the upper hand. It's the word that Paul uses in Ephesians 3.16, where he says, I pray that he may grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power in the inner man through his spirit. To attain mastery, to to come out on top. In 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13, he says to the Corinthian church, be alert and stand firm in the faith. Act like a man or be men of courage, be brave and be strong. And I believe this second type of strength is a strength that, um, that in, by which God wants us to prevail. It's a strength in the inner man, a resolve, a strength that develops over time. It, it's the word that's used when it describes the baby John. It says he grew strong and the baby Jesus. He grew strong in Luke's opening chapters. They, those baby, the, those young men grew strong and um, the Lord wants us to grow strong in a strength that wins and prevails and enables us to gain the upper hand, whatever we're facing. And I wonder whether this kind of strength, um, uh, we grow in it, we, we experience it as we go through the, the many small victories. And uh, you and I both know that, that the lockdown that we've been through and, and the one we're about to enter, there'll be many opportunities to win some private battles, to win battles about our habits and our routines and our, our rhythms in life and our the mindset even and, and the focus to win the battle and sometimes to express love and kindness. But I believe God wants us to receive a strength that prevails. And then the, the third type of strength that I read about is a, a strength that overcomes uh, and enables us to have victory over, over God's enemies. 
The word here is um, eskuros. It means mighty, valiant, powerful, vehement, sure, strong in body and in mind. It's the word that's used in Hebrews 11, verse 34, and it describes the Old Testament heroes of the faith. It says, they quenched the ragings, the raging of fire and escaped the edge of the sword and gained strength after being weak and became mighty in battle and put foreign armies to flight. It's the same word that's used in 1 John 2, verse 14. And honestly, whenever I think of the, of the City Church Coventry, this verse often comes to my mind. Paul says, I've written to you, young men, because you are strong. God's word remains in you and you have had victory over the evil one. I believe that's a good description of, of you as a church, that you're strong because God's word remains in you. And I believe this type of strength comes from knowing God's word. Those Old Testament heroes who, who were men who knew and believed his promises. And these young men that John writes to are, are, are strong because the word is abiding in them. That's that word um, to, that means to remain or to abide or to stay or to be waiting. The word was abiding and waiting in them. And it's vital that we let the word dwell in us richly and let it abide so that so that the sword that it, so that it can be used as the sword of the spirit so that the Holy Spirit can take hold of the word that's inside us and use it on the offensive. If there's no word inside me, then there'll be no edge to my sword. But if we want to be strong, we must get the word inside us. And then the fourth word I want to um, describe, I might, there's, there's one more after this, but the fourth word is, is about a strength that, that solidifies and establishes and, and cements us and makes us more solid, more robust, more secure. And the word is uh, stereo, to make firm, to make solid or strong, to establish, to confirm something or settle something. And it's the it's the word that, that our English word stereo is related to, which which means combining two things coming together, combining so as to enhance the output or to have a dual impact. It's a great word, isn't it? And and that's the word in um, Acts 16, verse five, where it says the churches were strengthened in the faith and increased in number daily. It's the same word. That's used in Acts chapter three, verse seven. And we hopefully we'll get to this at the end where it says that Peter reached out his hand to that to that um, that lame man and, and lifted him up so that his feet and ankles became strong. I believe God wants us to be strong with a strength that comes from being joined and combined with others so that we're made firm and we're settled and we're established that Crippled man was strong because Peter was alongside him. Those churches were strong because they were standing together, the believers in those churches. I believe that when we're alongside others, there is a powerful, solidifying impact and effect because our joinings are vital. When we're made strong in this way, we can, we can take more weight, as that lame man found. This strength being united and joined and being alongside others leads to growth. Um, it says of that, that churches in Acts 16, they were strengthened and increased daily in numbers. 
There's a similar verse in Acts 9, 31. I believe your friends need you both within and without the church. They need to come alongside men and women whose lives are joined and settled and established and firm, solid, who experience peace and security, who will come alongside them and be able to take some of their burden. And I want to suggest that if we want to be strong, then we really need in these days to be joined up and combined and alongside other strong people. And then the last word, number five, that I want to just uh, describe to you is, is a kind of a strength that prepares you for more to come, that strengthens you now to carry more in the future. And, and the word is uh, episterizo, episterizo. And it means to make stronger or to prop up, to uphold or support, to um, and it comes from two words, the word sterizo, which means to make fast, to, fir- to fix firmly, to buttress something, to prop something, to support something. And a little word on the beginning, epi, which means in a way that is most apt or fitting. And it has this sense of strengthening what's already there in order to support what will follow, what will come next. And it's a word that's used a lot in the book of Acts. In Acts 14, it says that um, as as, um, um, Paul was returning on the first missionary trip, Paul and Barnabas, it says after they'd evangelized that town and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, Iconium and Antioch, strengthening the disciples by encouraging them to continue in the faith. In Acts 15, verse 32, it says that both Judas and Silas, who were also prophets themselves, encouraged the brothers and strengthened them with a long message. Acts 15, verse uh, 40, 41, just the beginning of, of the next trip, it says, Paul chose Silas and departed. And after being commended to the grace of the Lord by the brothers, they traveled through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches, getting them ready for more that was coming, buttressing them, supporting them, um, coming alongside them to prop them and, 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 and fix them up, to fix them firmly. And in Acts 18, verse 22 and 23, and, and it was this verse that really got me originally just to, to look into this a bit more because I was intrigued with this. Acts 18, 22 and 23, it, it describes the end of the second missionary trip and the beginning of the third one in consecutive verses. It says, on landing at Caesarea, this is the end of the second trip, Paul went up and greeted the church in Jerusalem, and then he went down to Antioch. And then after spending some time there, he set out. He's beginning his third trip now, traveling through one place after another in in the Galatian territory and Phrygia, strengthening all the disciples. When you look at the maps in your back of your Bible and, and you see where he went, that was an enormous journey undertaken by Paul. And the purpose of the journey was to strengthen the churches. The purpose of those other bits of those other trips, the The instruction he gives, for example, in 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 2, I think he says, I'm sending, I think it's in this case, Timothy to you to strengthen you. And I just thought, you know, God has a a ministry and an activity that's vital in our day. It's not to do with planting things or initiating things or starting new things. It's to do with strengthening what already exists for what will come later. God wants us to be strengthened with 
with purposeful buttressing to be enhanced and confirmed because he has more planned for us. And the strengthening of the churches, the strengthening of the believers is a vital ministry, activity, task, even a goal for us in these days. In uh, Romans 1, Paul uses the same word when he says, I'm, I'm longing to see you so that I may impart a spiritual gift to you and strengthen you and be strengthened by you. I think this kind of strengthening happens as we move in gifts, as we receive dynamic input from others. And uh, as I mentioned in 1 Thessalonians 3 verse 2, the same word is used to describe the sending of Timothy to strengthen and encourage them. Make it your aim to be an encourager, to be a strengthener, to meet people and and ask the Lord, how can I strengthen this brother, this sister today? How can I be an encouragement to them? How can I move in a gift of the spirit that will bring strengthening into this person's life that will that will buttress them and prop them up and get them ready for more that's coming? This kind of strengthening is 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 vital for ourselves and others. It's timely right now. It may be all we need to be doing right now. It's time, I believe, to invest now and get ready and get strong and stay strong and get stronger for all that the Lord wants to do amongst us. So he wants to strengthen us. And we looked at different words. He wants to give us strong hands for ourselves and for others for now and for the future. And we can embrace this as we position ourselves alongside him, receive his impartation, as we prevail in the many small and private, often private little battles, as we um, get the word inside us and overcome, as we get joined up and combined with others, and as we're just very, very purposeful about strengthening one another in these days. I love the picture of a strong hand on the end of an outstretched arm how God stretched his arm into Egypt and with a strong hand brought a nation out of a nation. And I believe that um, the strength of God's people needs to be expressed into our world at this time. Our strength is to strengthen others. Our, Our God wants us to be strong and outstretched at this time so we can lift people up, carry people, reach out to people. To reach out with strength into if you if you consider your church and all the members and all the different different worlds they're involved in those individual mission fields into the multitude of those combined mission fields, our friendship groups, our families, our workplaces, that you would be part of bringing forth a nation out of a nation of bringing forth a church out of the world. I know that stretching to reach people might be painful sometimes Uh, and we certainly shouldn't give up when elijah stretches himself over that dead boy in um in uh, one king 17 he has to stretch three times before life and, and revival comes to the boy let's not give up as we stretch out it may stretch us to be outstretched and that's okay and just as i'm coming to a close i was i was thinking of um of a word I shared with you a couple of years ago from Genesis 49, where it it describes Joseph as a fruitful vine, a fruitful vine besides a spring. 
And this was this was a picture I, I felt for you as a church that that's branches climb over the wall. I love the idea of this this vine just starting to run run wild a little bit and and climb over the wall and go beyond where it was planted. And it goes on to say the archers attacked him and shot at him and were hostile towards him. Yet his bow remained steady, and his strong arms were made agile by the hands of the mighty one of Jacob. His strong arms were made agile. I pray that for you, City Church, that you will have strong hands, outstretched arms, strong arms to combine the pictures made by the made strong by the hands of the mighty one of Jacob, by the name of the shepherd, the rock of Israel. Just to bring things to a close, there's, there's a wonderful picture of all of this in, in Acts chapter 3. Um, we know the story well, we won't read it now, but but it reaches the end of Acts 2, which just describes the life of the early church and, and how how everyday life was such a joy for them. The Lord was adding to them every day. They were enjoying their meals and breaking bread together every day. And then the next verse says that there was a chapter three, verse one says there was a there was a, a lame man, lame from birth. And every day he was brought to beg outside the beautiful gate of the temple. I think that's the backdrop to the story, the, the contrasting every days, the church is every day, full the presence of God, of signs, wonders and miracles and of fellowship and, and food and enjoyment and seeing growth and new birth every day. And the lame man whose every day could not be more different or desolate or depressing. And yet into that situation come Peter and John and outside the meeting, on their way to the meeting, they have this encounter with this man and the man looks at them and, and, and asks them for help. Peter stretches out to him and lifts him up with a strong hand and the man's feet and ankles become strong. And it's a beautiful picture. It takes place at a beautiful gate. I really believe this is God's heart and word to you, church, to be strong and be outstretched, to combine um, strength with compassion, steadiness with concern, ability and strength with availability, and being dependable with being extendable. believe this is God's heart for you. And I pray that you will know and experience that you have all that you need to transform many people's everyday experience. So God bless you. And I'm now going to hand back to Matthew. Thanks for listening to this teaching from City Church Coventry. You can find more great teaching and other resources on our website at www.citychurchcoventry.org.